Hi guys, my name is Mbalin Jamane and welcome to the Made Sessions with Cliff Central. This is my co-host, Teresa Cindy. Hi everyone. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't already know what the Made Sessions are, they're a series of conversations with domestic workers and cleaners on a range of issues that make South African life. These women have such a unique omnipresence in all our lives and we believe that they're extremely important social commentators with the power to help us to understand who we are as South Africans. So, without further ado, Talisa, please introduce, please introduce rather our guest today. <laughs> so we've got back our very perfect resident advisor, Susanna Mandla. Um, and she's got over 20 years of experience as a domestic worker. And in particular, she really loves to take care of children. Um, she's got great maternal instincts. She treats her employers' children as her own. And um, if she sort of had it her way, she would just take care of children. So she's got great insights on children. Okay. Uh, Manda, do you want to say hi? Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks. So we like to start the show off with a question that is strange, improbable and off topic just to get the brain juices going. But also it helps us to get to know our guests a little bit better and how they see the world. So our warm up question for you today, Mandla, is would you rather put an end to world hatred or world hunger? Hatred or hunger? <laughs> I think I'd rather put end to hatred mm -hmm. because hatred is not good. People could kill each other through hatred. Okay, so you feel like it's worse than hunger, then, hey? Yeah, it is worse than hunger because you know when when people are hating each other, they'll have this in mind something in their minds to kill other people because they hate them. Okay, and that actually might end up killing more people than hunger yeah. does. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Like wars, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Um, and actually, you know, a lot of people say that hunger is the worst form of violence. I say hunger is the worst form of hatred because it comes out of indifference, right? It comes mm -hmm. out of not caring to do anything about it. And for me, not caring to do anything, not caring to act at all is the most dangerous kind of hatred. So I think mm. I think I agree with you. Indifference. Yes. Apathy. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, awesome. <laughs> so ladies, let's dig in. Mm. Today's show is called Raising South Africans. Part one. Part one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Tools, won't you expand a little on the discussion ahead? Mm. So um, I just want to break down a bit uh, the relevance of this topic. So as of 2015, we are said to have a million domestic workers in our country. Um, and as a million, huh? A million, yeah. Sure. And as of 2000... I'd be interested to work out that ratio. Well, this, is, this is actually what I did. Oh, you did? <laughs> yes. Of course you yes. did. Don't <laughs> so, mind me. <laughs> so, again, the statistics are sort of few and far between, but as of 20, uh, 2006, there were around 12.5 million households in the middle income bracket in our country. So that means on average, a quarter of... Our very active workforce, whose contribution lies in leaving their homes and being away from their children to make money, are relying on alternative means for their children to be looked after, and that comes in the form of domestic workers. Shucks. So it's a quarter of our middle-income bracket. And on top of this, a maid's exposure to children are also extended to the lower class because, for the most part, their children lie in the lower class bracket as well. Um, and the upper class also use maids to take care of their children. So their access to children really stretches quite far in our country's demographic. So they're, they're such an incredible resource to understanding children a bit better and how they're being raised in our country. Amazing. Mm. Absolutely, 100% true. And so that's why we think this is a very important conversation to have. Mm, absolutely. And we also hope that it will be insightful not just to parents or to future parents, but to us all, as we were once children, mm. and to anyone seeking to explore the implications of how a society raises its children, mm. right? Okay, ladies. So, firstly, 
Mandla, what we'd like to know from you is what do you think nowadays is the largest threat to good parenting? Mm. You know, I think parents uh, spend a lot of time away from children, mm. like at work. Um, they don't have enough time to have with their children. Mm. So children are always left behind with their minder or their helper. And parents go to work in the morning, come back at night, and the following morning is the same thing. It's an ongoing thing. It doesn't stop. So I think parents don't have enough time with their children. Okay. I think that's true, actually. Um, especially given the statistics that you just gave us, tools. Yeah, do you think it's it's particularly because of time that you know they spend away? Or do you think that even when they are with their children, that they, you know, this there isn't enough time? So you're talking about the yet. quality of time, right? So yeah. actually, what what do you think needs to change about parents' lifestyles um, for them to spend more time with their kids? I think parents should, when like when they are off work, mm. they should have more time with their children, have time to sit down with their children. Talk to their children. Discuss things. Ask their children what's happening in their life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think parents should know each and everything what their children are up to. But, you know, because parents, they are always away. The time when they're at home, they don't have... They just take children to the movies. Right. Mm -hmm. And go and watch movies. At the movies, they, they're just sitting there watching the screen. They're mm -hmm. not talking. Mm -hmm. yeah. There is... There isn't that connection that a parent have to talk with the child, so you mother no, and daughter, no or father and daughter, or father and son, sitting down and talking. No hmm. technology, eh? Hey? No technology. I think they should have a time, maybe they should call it like a family time, mm -hmm. where they switch off the TVs, switch off their cell phones, and sit down and talk to their children. Okay. So essentially a, a parent's presence isn't yes. the same yeah. as their engagement yeah. with their child. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So mm. it's a matter of quantity and quality, right? Mm. 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 Okay. That's a, that's a great observation. That's really wonderful. And, you know, there's been so many studies about the modern mother and the, <clears throat> the millennial mother. That's what they call, they call us now. And um, they say that one of the most peculiar conditions um, that they found with a modern mother, <laughs> is that they want to be younger. Mothers want to be younger. Do you think that it affects parenting in any way? And if, if you think it does, how does it affect parenting for a mother to want to be younger? Yeah, and actually, I think you've mentioned this before. I think one of the first conversations we had with you, you spoke about the one thing you'd noticed culturally in Johannesburg that shocked you mm. was that... Uh, Everyone was trying to be younger. And actually, mm. you would often yeah. walk up to, to a woman who was older than you and say, Ma, a mm. woman in her 60s, for instance. Yeah. Mm. And, and she then she'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know mm. what I mean? She'd yeah. be like, don't, don't call me that. Yeah. 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 And yeah. You, you also mentioned how, how uh, mother and daughter can be walking together and often the mother yeah. wants to be called sister. sister. Yeah. Yeah. So how yeah. do you think, how do you yeah. think this, this is affecting parenting? I think it is really affecting parenting because if you are a parent, you have to be a parent. Mm -hmm. If you are walking in the street with your daughter or your son, you have to be comfortable to introduce her as your son, to introduce her as your daughter, right. and introduce him as your son. Mm. Don't feel embarrassed, because if you are a parent, you are there to guide your daughter or your son as a parent, not as someone who is the same age with her. Mm. You have been you have been a young girl as well before, or a young boy before. Now it's your child is ten. You have to give them their time, mm. and Fair. you stay as an old person Fair. as you are. Fair, yeah. Fair. Uh, it's true though. Mm. Women are looking more and more like their daughters mm. or like yeah. their their sons' yeah. girlfriends. Yeah, they do. They dress the same as their daughters. You, you can't tell which is the mother and which is the daughter. <laughs> but you know what, actually? It's, it's the other way around as well. It's vice versa. Because I think the problem is that children are, are looking and acting older and older. And then parents, like we're saying, mm. are looking and acting younger, younger. and younger. So yeah. both ways, it's, it, it's <laughs> closing the cultural and, and the age gap. 
between them. And I mean, growing up, I never liked the same things mm. that my parents did. Mm. You know, even as an adolescent, for me, they lived in a completely different world. Mm. And, they, and they still do. But with parents and kids nowadays, that's no longer the case. They go to the same stores. They use mm. the same gadgets. Mm. Yes. Yes. They yeah. like similar music. Yeah. And do a lot of the same stuff. Okay, yeah. so here's... <laughs> <laughs> Here's an anecdote from the other day. Um, I was at Tasha's the other day. Manda, do you know what Tasha's is? Tasha's is, it's a restaurant, it's a cafe, it's an upmarket uh, okay. cafe. Okay. For adults, right? Okay. Or okay. at least I thought. <laughs> so I was there with my family the other day. And we were horrified to realize that 70% of the tables at Tasha's at about 8 p.m. on a Saturday. Mm. Were teenagers dining with their friends, and it also took us a really long time to notice because they blended so well into the environment, mm. right? Yeah, with their iPhones yeah. and their Gucci and credit cards, mm. as mm. well as the way they were addressing the the waiters. You know, the clicking of the fingers, mm. friends. It was so gross. <laughs> <laughs> It was so gross. I was actually, I was really, I was really disturbed. Um, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the, there's also the whole anti-aging movement, which is, which it's, it, you know, it's, it's not anything to, hmm. And actually, the only thing that made us look up was the fact that the, sorry, I'll let you get, I'll, I'll let you get, <laughs> no problem, no problem. Um, the only thing that made us look out, up were, were the elevated noise levels because children are playful. So you can hear when they're around. But yeah. apart from the noise levels, they looked exactly like grownups. Yeah. And I even felt younger than them because mm. I was, I, I was there with my mom, right? And mm. I felt like, I honestly felt like they were, <laughs> they were judging me, you know? And I swear, it looked like spur. But the kids were adults. And so I think, I think it's right what, what Mandela's saying about how we're closing the, the age gap yeah. and how dangerous yeah. it is for parenting. And um, so essentially, if your parent looks like your peer, yeah. how do yeah. you discipline? It's true. Yeah. Sorry, Tools, what were you saying about anti-aging? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think anti-aging also contributes to that, which we see on TV all the time. We see anti-aging creams, anti-aging spas, and makeup that makes us look younger, all those sort of things. And, um, uh, you know, Cameron Diaz, in an interview, she had said how how it's, you know, the, the pressure on women to be young is so unreasonable that it, it actually strips you of the honor that you get to carry by being older, by having made it through a lot to get to where you are. But it doesn't just strip you of, you know, the, the physical. The, it's also the aspects of your character that you have to pretend you don't have to hide your maturity. Um, and she was saying how it's quite crazy because she feels like she's failed if she, she, she didn't remain 25 years old for the rest of her life. Or if at 40 years old, she doesn't look like she's 25. And so... You know, it's it's difficult to feel like you can win if you've essentially def- haven't been able to define nature. It's crazy. You know, so though. the the pressure is so entrenched to look young, and it's reinforced through a culture, you know, that that understands that women's beauty is only beauty when it is young. And wisdom, right, is a thing of maturity. Yeah, exactly. So if you're talking about having to hold back the aspects of your personality mm-hmm. that reveal your age, you're holding back wisdom. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is such an mm-hmm. important part of, of, of growing and nurturing yeah. a society. Mm-hmm. You know? And so imagine, so imagine if mothers are doing that, withholding the maturity and Pretending wisdom they don't know that comes better, with just being to older. come across as cool and to, to fit in with their kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm. Scary, That's eh? Joking. <laughs> it's scary. It's really, really scary. Uh, okay, but let's move on. Let's talk discipline now. Mandla, how do you feel about how parents are enforcing discipline nowadays? Hmm. I think parents are not tough enough. Hmm. Uh, you know, they don't. I don't think they're disciplining it the right way. I think they're always going, they think they're doing it right, but I think it's wrong. They're doing it the wrong way. How are they doing it? Because if a child has done something wrong, Mm. you should, as a parent, show that 
this is wrong. Mm. You mustn't do this. Mm. Or else you, 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 you punish him or you take something away from him mm. that, you know, because you have done this and this and this, I'm going to take your cell phone away. Yeah. I'm going to take your PlayStation away. Mm. And you, you must mean it that, you know, what you are saying, it's what you are going to do. Not say it now, I'm going to take your cell phone. Then in two minutes' time, you give it back to him. Mm. A child won't learn because tomorrow he's going to do the same thing, knowing that, okay, my parent is going to take it for five minutes and give it back to me again. But the other thing I've noticed that mothers do, and I actually think it's mothers in particular. That's just my observation. Mm. But you'll tell us later. I don't know. Um, we'll kind of address the difference between mothers and, and fathers. Fathers. But the other thing I've observed is that instead of punishing a child for doing something wrong, what they do is they'll give them a treat so they'll stop misbehaving. Yes. So if if you stop misbehaving, I'll, I'll give you do this. something nice. Yes, I'll do this. It's like mm. bribing him. Bribing? That's exactly yeah, what it's it is. It's like bribing him. Yeah. Instead of showing him that what you have done is wrong, they are bribing their kids. and And kids will never learn. Mm. The right way. You're teaching them the wrong way. I agree. Yeah. And I guess there's two two ways to get results from people, right? You can get results through incentives or you can get results through disincentives. Mm. Um, so <laughs> my thing is that in the real world, you don't get rewarded for doing the right thing. The right thing. Yes. Yeah. Just you just expected, have to do it. Right? You, don't, <laughs> yes. you don't get rewarded for, for doing a decent thing. Mm. You know, it's just, it's, it's just common courtesy. So if you're teaching a child that they're always going to get something for not doing a bad thing, then you're actually misleading them. Mm. Yeah. Because the truth mm. is, in the real world, on the other hand, if you misbehave, you have to pay for it. Mm. There are consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so something is is given when you do bad, mm. essentially, and it's consequence. So it's a mm. disincentive. Mm. But something isn't given when you do. I mean, unless the you do exceedingly thing. well. Yeah. And look, there's an exception to to every rule, right? So I mean, I suppose in the event of corruption and inequality, you you don't always have to suffer a consequence. But in general, mm. if you do something bad in the real world, you don't. I mean, there's there, there's a price that you have to pay. Yes. Okay, so now let's touch on the the thing I was saying about mothers and fathers. Do you find that mothers and fathers agree on how to discipline their kids? Hmm. <laughs> Most of the times they don't. They don't. No, mm. they don't. They don't because we find that if someone says that the child, if the child has done something wrong and the other parent wants to discipline him, the other one will just say, just leave here or just leave him. Like that. Mm -hmm. So, I think it's wrong to disagree in front of the child. Parents should, if they discipline the child, they should agree on what punishment they are giving that child together. Mm. And I found that sometimes they agree in front of the child sometimes, but when the other parent is not there, the other parent will go and get the cell phone right. and give back to the child, right. which has been taken away they're from... they're playing favorites. Yes. yes. Interesting. Then you can use it until the timing, the time when the other parent is coming. Five okay, minutes but let's tell before. the truth. Which is the parent that's most likely to do that? The mother the or mother, the father? Yeah. The mother. The oh. mother. Yes. The yeah. mother is always... They will always time... They will look at the time... Your daddy is coming in five minutes, so take this thing back to where, you have, where your daddy left it. Which is wrong, mm. because now the child is going to take sides. Mm. That, you know, my mom loves me, my daddy doesn't love me. Yes. Because my daddy disciplines me, because my daddy takes my cell phone away, my daddy takes the PlayStation away from me, and my mom gives it back to me when my daddy is not there. Mm. That is wrong. That is really, really wrong parenting. So you think... Men are being painted wrongly as these figures of, of authority and, and, and fear. You know? People who the kids should be scared of. Is that right? So if you're saying, if you're saying that, you know, the parent, the, the mom will say five minutes before the dad comes home, yeah. quickly, quickly go put this thing away. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I think that's, a, that the mother is cr creating that idea in the child's mind that the father is someone who is there to, give authority or mm. 
be Wherever tough they, they on their child. Alternate, right? So that yeah. they can have an equal relationship yeah. with the child. So yeah. the father yeah. should sometimes play that role, yeah. but also sometimes give love. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. That, and but, for the mother but, as well. But yeah. you know, if, like, if he takes this stuff from the child as punishment, it doesn't mean that he does, is not loving the child. It's true. It's just discipline. It's true. But essentially, it just looks like it's not love because the mother is giving the things back. Exactly. Yes. Because of the inconsistency. Yes. So it's really just It's sad. creating a, mm. a good guy, bad guy mm. scenario. Yes. 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 Mm. Wow. That's very interesting. Mm. Sure. Um, and actually, then on that point, because... You know, essentially then they're leaving a gap in discipline, you know, if, yeah. if they're hearing one thing and then seeing another thing. Yeah. And do you think that this is maybe contributing to children becoming more rude to their parents, cheekier, more stubborn? Um, you know, like we see them in toy stores and they scream and yeah. they just, they want to have what they want to have. And yeah. So what, what do you think contributes to them being more rude? And I think the, uh, the, the other stuff is that the disagreement of the parents in front of the child, that the other child is pulling the, on the left side and the other parent is pulling on the right side, mm. which is wrong mm. because I think as parents they should just come together but also and agree on one thing. If it is a discipline, it's discipline. If you are not going to have your cell phone for a week, it has to be for a week. Mm. Not like during the day the mother will give it back, then it is five o'clock, they will put it back at the place where it was before. But Tulisa is actually also tr- touching on something very interesting, right? I think kids are getting stronger and stronger personalities yes, and they they're are. losing their boundaries. Yes, they are. And I think there must be more to that. There must be something else that's happening that's making kids like this, that's making kids almost inappropriate mm. and disrespectful in some ways. I think I'll put that on parents as well. Yeah. Again, yes. <laughs> because, you know, uh, parents, even parents, you know, they, they start screaming and shouting in front of the kids. Mm. You know, a child can learn bad behavior so quick like this. Mm. If they shout like this, like that in front of her or him, he thinks that it is the right way to go. Even if they are in the shops, they will shout and scream. Scream at each other, hey? Yes. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the kids will think that, okay, this is the way to go. And if a child wants something at home, their parents don't say no. They just give and give. That's why if they go to the shops, they want things from the shelves. If the parent says no, the child will start stand her ground. They say, so why? Let's talk about this, the shouting though, the yeah. shouting in front of children. Yeah. Are they arguing among themselves? Even, even if it's not about the child, are they having these very grown up arguments? Between themselves, around the child. Yeah, they'll do that in front of the child. The child is there, the parents are shouting. And sometimes the child will just close her ears, run to her bedroom, close the door. Do you think parents don't realize how much a child hears and sees? Mm. I think parents sometimes they just take for granted that, you know, the child is still young, Uh, doesn't know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Not realizing that children know... Much more than they think. Absolutely, mm. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And uh, what do you think TV, for instance, has to do with with shaping children and their characters? I, you know, nowadays, I think TV nowadays is <coughs> most of the stuff the children are watching. They are not good for the children, mm. and parents are not monitoring their children what they are watching mm. on TV because you find like. An eight-year-old child watching something which is says no under eighteen. Wow, wow! And the parents are not—they don't even care because you know ch- children nowadays. It's not like years before that the TV was in the sitting room only. Mm. Now each and every bedroom have got a TV. But also they're getting smarter wow. and smarter. Yes, yes, they do. They about do. technology, and yes. it's actually not they even do. just television. Yes, they it's do. internet. Yes, they do. Mm. And then maybe it goes back to what you were saying about yeah. parents and absenteeism. It's yeah. just the lack of time to monitor. Yes, they don't, they don't the care. The content Parent, that your child like, is consuming. Yes, sometimes we can say it's work, but you know, if you look at it, parents, they don't care. Because even if they are at home, they don't have time to go in their children's rooms and see what's going on. Wow. Mm. Wow. 
And for me, it's not just restricted to entertainment television where kids are exposed to stuff like sex and violence. Mm. Take the news, for instance. You know, I know we all think the news is, is, is such a positive thing. But the news is not harmless, particularly not for kids. And as a kid, my parents used to watch the news around me all the time. Or if I was in the car, they would listen to talk radio. And even though I was bored out of my mind, I still, I, I still absorb stuff. Guys, the news, is, the news is deep and you've really got to talk to your kids about what they're hearing. Yeah. True. And I think that the issue here is that it's that kids are not being engaged on the things that they're being exposed to. The fact is, like you were saying, Mandla, children are candidate adults. Right, And I'm going to say it again so people actually really hear it. Children are candidate adults. That means they will eventually be adults. And this is important because it's important to treat them that way. Because so much of our constitution and who we are as adults is founded in our childhood. And if you'll bear with me, I'm just going to hop on a bit here. I hate when people talk down to children. I don't know if you agree. But when they use that voice, oh, little Johnny, oh, little, little Susanna, you're so cute. Come here. You know, oh, I don't know. You're so smart. Clever girl. It's just, honestly, it's so, it's so belittling. It's so belittling to a child. The second thing I hate is when, Parents and people in general let kids get away with murder because they're children. Oh, no, man. She's just a child. She doesn't yeah. know what she's mm. saying. Mm. Bullshit. Mm. <laughs> she knows what she's saying. She yeah. knows exactly, exactly what you're saying. What and what you're doing saying. is yeah. you're destroying her accountability as yeah. a human being. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And kids, like you were saying earlier, are way smarter than what we think. Yeah, I knew. Yeah. And they know that they are. And they use that. Mm. And more often than not, they know the difference between right and wrong. But they also know that they can pretend not to know the difference between right and wrong. Yeah. Yes, they've and got, yeah. a, they've got yeah. a free pass. Mm. Absolutely. And they're yeah. so aware of that free pass. And that's what people don't realize. And that's why they can turn into such evil genius. And so a child can be sitting in a conversation with, with adults or among adults and pretend to be oblivious when they mm. actually are. Exactly. I know this because as a child. <laughs> no, guys. No, oh, so as sit there innocently. Yeah. No, but we all did it, guys. I, as a child, I loved grown-up conversations. I really did. And I'd always pretend not to pay attention so that the grown-ups wouldn't make me leave. Yes. Right? Yes, <laughs> so I also used to do that. <laughs> and I think, I think everyone does. And it's almost like when, when parents grow up, they for, forget what they did as children yeah. you know yeah. we get such True. amnesia I think for, for the way that we were as kids mm. anyway so I used to love to do that but the difference with me was that I was too feisty and opinionated not to eventually join the conversation so I'd always blurt something out by mistake <laughs> and then they'd realize <laughs> and I'd be busted you know and they'd give me a bit of a talking to but the main thing they would do my parents my aunts my uncles when they realized that I was listening they would make sure to engage me on everything that I was thinking mm. and everything that I was saying. Mm. And if that hadn't happened, my child mind would have taken what they said and reproduced it in a very perverse and a childish way. Yes. Right? Which is exactly what happens when kids repeat what their parents are saying. Yeah. Exactly. Or what they see on mm. television. Mm. Exactly. Mm. It's because they're overexposed to this stuff, but they're underengaged on what their brains are picking up. Hmm. Because they're so stuck on their cell phones exactly. or TV. So they're, and they're, they're regurgitating things. They're reproducing yeah. things that their minds aren't mature enough to, to reason. Does that make sense? Mm. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Manda, what do you think the role of domestic workers is in raising our children? Mm, I think domestic workers play a huge role in raising children. I like how you emphasize that. Huge. Yes. <laughs> it's a very huge role. Yes. 
Because, you know, they are always there with the mm. children when parents are not there. They woke up in the morning, they go to work, children are left at home with a domestic worker. Yes. Whatever children do, the domestic workers are the first ones who are going to know that this child is up to something. But you know, sometimes as domestic workers, you don't say anything. So what sorts of things, for instance? I'll say like, you know, if a child starts smoking, a domestic worker is the first one to know. Yeah. They start like uh, drinking, bringing girls at home or boys at home. Mm. You are the first person to know. Mm. And parents, they don't know. They don't even know. Sure. So, um... Why why wouldn't you tell the parent whatever you discover of the child doing? Yeah, it sounds to me like there's a breakdown in the relationship between you mm. and the parent. You know, what I think is that, you know, employers should start, should learn to build a good relationship between them and their helpers. Mm. Because you find that sometimes a helper will say like, you know, your child is doing this, or sometimes I think there is something wrong with your child. Maybe keep an eye on him or her. Mm. Then the reply will come, who are you to tell me what to do with my child? Oh, wow. So as a domestic worker, if you have had something like that, in the future you see this child, now he's smoking, he's drinking, he's bringing girls or boys at home, closing door, closing the door to the bedroom. You don't say anything because and bedroom, right? Yes, because you don't. Ha you are just a domestic worker. And I liked what you said earlier about uh, about the bedroom, about children's bedrooms, and how you you go into a child's bedroom every single day. Yeah, and mm -hmm. the parent will never go in. Yeah, you you go in there every day. You clean underneath the bed. You mm. clean underneath the couches. You clean where the TV is, where the CDs, sure. and you find cigarettes behind there. You know, I'm, I'm sorry to think back to the things that I may have hidden. <laughs> <laughs> you find you find a bottle of beer behind the the the, the, the TV or mm. DVD player, things like that, mm. and the parents don't know about this, and and you can't tell, and then when they think of going in the child's room. They'll just go there and sit on the bed and yes. start chatting. They don't look around. Yeah. Wow. So if there is a good relationship between a, a, an employer and, and, and the helper, those things, they might find it early. Mm. Because sometimes the parents get shocked when the child is expelled at school mm. because he's been caught smoking. And they get shocked because they don't know. But the helper have known for years that this child is smoking, My he's goodness. drinking. Yes. He's bringing girls at home or boys at home when you are not there. My goodness. But you yeah. can't tell. Yeah. So, so in a way, the, the child actually relies on you not having a good relationship with their parent to get away with things. Yes, they take advantage of that because that oh. you're not going to say anything to my parents because you don't have that close relationship with your employers. Hmm. So you just keep quiet. And you know, you also said something about, um, you know, when you're reprimanded. So when they, when the, um, madam is talking to you about leaving her child alone, she usually does it in front of the child. So the child, you know, can see that they can disrespect you. Yeah. But that's yeah. what I want to know. I want to yes. know what, what about, what are employers doing wrong? What about this relationship between domestic worker and employer is not being nurtured? What kinds of behaviors? It's because, you know, the employers, they'll shout at the domestic worker in front of the children. Mm. And how are the children going to respect this person? Let alone if it is the child who's done something like, you know, children will sway sometimes at you. Then you'll tell the employer. Yes. What kinds of things? Oh, there are lots of things domestic workers are called with by the children. They'll call wow. you, you are an, an asshole. Oh, what? You are a fucking bitch. <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Useless. Wow. Dumb. Yeah. Those Stupid. Words. Yes. No, then the parent do, comes from but work. How, wait, how do you respond to that when it happens? How do you feel? You just stand there. You don't know what to do because... The, when you are employed, you are told that you are not supposed to reprimand the child. You're not supposed to smack oh the child goodness. because 
he or she is not your child. You have to tell the parents. But they come from work, you tell them, you know, this child is swearing at me. He said this and that. They call that child, they go to the bedroom and close the door. You don't know what is said in that room. And the child comes and, you know, put her hands on her waist and say, sorry. Like that, as if it doesn't mean it. Mm. Actually, oh, oh, sorry. (laughs) You know, to my opinion, I think parents, what they do to the children, they should do it to domestic workers as well. If there is something wrong, you call your employer and go to that room and close the door and talk to your employer away from your children so that the children will respect that empl- employee. Mm. They will respect her. Because if you, you shout see, it in front of the children, now they take it in their minds that, you know, we have to shout this. So That's why they call them all these sort of things. In memes. regards to all these hateful things that they say, I actually just want to expand on what I was saying maybe earlier. Again, kids are candidate adults. So it is criminal to let them get away with spewing prejudice or hatred because they're kids. I don't know how many times I've heard a child say something hateful. I mean, not quite that bad. I'm actually genuinely shocked. But I don't know how many times I've heard a child say something hateful only for their parents to go, Ah, man, don't take it personally. They're just kids. Yeah. No, it always guys, comes no. out like that. Mm. How mm. no? Because so that you feel bad yourself that oh, it's a child. But the other thing is that they <laughs> then go, the kids themselves, they go, they take that very excuse to the playground, mm. and they breed hatred mm. because they think teasing is playful, mm. but mm. it's not. Hatred is not playful. No, it's not. And it's also not enough just to tell your child, "Don't say that. It's not nice." Mm. Right? Mm. <laughs> you hear that a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. It's not enough. It's oh. a cop out. You've got to tell your child, don't think that. Mm. And it's ex- not and, nice. And also explain and why that explain shouldn't be. Explain why they mm. shouldn't think that. Mm. Yes. And then have them reason it back to you so you mm. make sure they understand. Because mm. that's how you raise candidate adults. Mm. Because mm. if you don't do that, you end up with a society of grown ups who know mm. the right thing to say but not mm. the right thing to think. Mm. And I give you South Africa in 2016. That's <laughs> the problem. I'm telling you, that's the problem. We all know exactly what not to say to each other or about each other. Mm. But for some reason, we don't have a cooking clue why. And we're more upset all the time with what everyone is saying and not where it's coming from. We're more upset with, with words than we are with values. And for me, having a filter is not the same as having a value system. Absolutely. And I blame parents for treating their kids like morons. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really do. Yeah. And parents should realize that those people are working for them. Yes. They are parents as well. Absolutely. They have got children as well. Yes. So they know what to do with children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, actually, I just want to add on to the point of, you know, the sort of dignity that the child is treated with by closing the door and then they are reprimanded mm. inside a room mm. versus mm. you where you mm. are reprimanded outside and exposed. Mm. And I mean, as a spatial practitioner, as an architect, that those are the, the sort of ways that you either uphold dignity or you strip it away from someone. Mm. And it's literally as simple as the difference between having a door between you or not. Right. And those are the extremely subtle ways that we enforce very bad habits through the practice mm. of using space. Mm. Um, and it's those sort of nuances that I think we have to start bringing to light, you know, because although something is constructed, it doesn't mean that it is used neutrally. Mm. We fill it with things. And mm. so literally the use of a door determines whether you treat someone with dignity or not. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely agree with you. Mm. Um, so in which ways... Mandla, do you think children, through their behaviors, expose their parents' uh, decisions or their parents' um, For who they are. prejudices? Right? Yes. So you were saying you were saying earlier <laughs> about how uh, we were talking about how kids are, are sponges and they repeat mm. everything that mm. that parents say. So I'm mm. wondering if you know what are some other interesting things that you'll hear coming from the child. Mm. 
but from the parent, mm. and you'll know. <laughs> yeah, parents don't realize that, you know, children, when they leave them with their domestic worker, mm. they come close to them, even if they sway and do things like that when they're angry, but there is a, set, a certain time when they are nice to those people. Mm. And, you know, they will say, you know, my mother said something like this to you about you last night, mm. but mm. they said I mustn't tell. Oh wow! <laughs> you see, and they will tell you this exactly the way. Evil genius. <laughs> yeah, but they said I mustn't tell you. Wow. Yeah. What, what are some of the things that they say? You know, like sometimes if they can't find something, they will say you have stolen it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. In front of the child. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, if like sometimes they will come, they will find the sugar basin. Maybe it's empty. Oh, you have taken. You are the one using too much sugar. And they discuss these things at <laughs> yeah. dinner. Yes. yes. When they are sitting there, the following morning, everything they've been saying about you. The child will tell you. This is the beauty and of the children, parents that don't know. Sometimes they will say, "Why are you walking around with a long face?" They don't know that I know everything they've been <laughs> talking up. They've been saying See, about me when like I'm not there from the child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I because now we are angry. Yes. But you can't ask them because you heard it from the child. Yes, yeah. I think it's I mean, it's brilliant, yeah. right? Because there's absolutely no yeah. censorship with kids. Yeah. It is yeah. not possible yeah. to have censorship with kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I approve of that. I think they need to know their boundaries in yeah. terms of dignity and yeah. respecting people. But I also think that they can help to facilitate some justice in yes, the world. They're using their superpower for yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so... Would you, um, you know, when it comes to voting, I mean, it's it's very close to to voting season. It it basically is voting season. Would you ever tell your your child how to vote, mm, or who to one. vote for? Mm. No, Why I'll not? never do that. <laughs> Why not? Because if he can vote, it means that he's an adult or she's an adult. Yeah, can think for herself. I can't tell him. You have to vote. If I support a different party and mm. he supports a different party, it's okay. Mm. He have age and everyone have to choose. Not this thing that, you know, in a family when we belong to a certain, when a parents belong to a certain party, they will want their children to support that the party they are, they are voting for. I That's can, wrong. I can attest mm. to that. That's wrong. That is, children that is must, definitely must choose. What happens. Because they're adults. If they can vote, they're adults. Yes. yes. My my dad belonged to the ANC, um, and my mom supported my dad, and that's you know Why that she? raises other questions around <laughs> gender equality. Yes. I don't know. I mean, she may have. I, I suppose everyone who came through the liberation struggle kind of supported the ANC. They, look, mm. but there were alternatives, mm. and I always felt that my mom supported my dad because he was a member of the ANC, mm. and the ANC then became our party. Yes. yes. As children as well. So it's when my brother and I yeah, yeah. registered to vote, it wasn't even a thought in my head, hmm. you know, wow. at the time. And it actually, it, it took some time for me to really, to, to interrogate it hmm. and to make up my own mind. But definitely the first time around, hmm. it was a family thing. And I think sometimes it's it's not even that you support the ANC, but you don't support anything else. Yeah. You know, maybe as a family that you don't support. But it's funny. It's funny though because there's also I think some like strange emotional blackmail that goes into it. <laughs> no, because I would just for some reason never have been able to live with myself if I, for instance, had, if I'd voted DA oh, the first time yeah. I. <laughs> and even if I had really, really good reasons, I just would have seen my, my parents' faces and felt like I failed them. Mm. You know? And I don't think that's a good reason. You know, I, I have my issues. I, I would never vote DA. Well, I mean, actually never say never. But I'm, that's not the point. The point is it shouldn't be about a family loyalty because that's yeah. actually quite twisted. Yeah, it mm. is. But, but actually, if, if, if anything, if you had to, to discuss... Uh, you know, voting and politics and democracy and those sort of things. What would you tell your children about the past? Yes, yes. So we were actually, Tools and I were talking about this earlier and we were very curious to, to find out from you, if you were a South African parent, hmm. what would you tell your children about our past? How would you explain it so it made sense for them? And I know you're not South African, so I don't expect you to. <laughs> 
but but Zimbabwe also went from a state yeah, they had of a, exactly, colonialism to had democracy. a similar past. So let's call it let's call it colonialism, mm. right? Because apartheid was a form of colonialism. Mm. As a parent, yeah. how would you explain that that past? I'll explain to them that you know it wasn't a good thing. You know, history has to be told. Yeah. Yeah, we can't just sweep it under the carpet, even yeah. how bad it is, but the children must know their history, the history of their country. I'll tell them everything, what happened, that how the white people used to treat black people, mm. that black people were, they had, they had, whatever jobs they did were chosen to them. There were certain jobs they couldn't do. Mm. There were certain places they couldn't go. Everything like that. I'll tell my children like that. But And at the end, I'll say, even if it is bad like that, you have to learn to live together. Mm. You have to learn to do things together. Mm. No matter what color you are, no matter how educated you are, no matter wherever you come from, you have yeah. to treat every human being with respect mm. and dignity. So essentially you would want their, their voting decision to be based on what is the most unifying condition. Yes. What unifies yeah. the most. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. When coming to that voting, like as Mbali was saying that, you know, her mom used to support her dad. Mm. I think that's okay. Because, you know, <laughs> it will feel awkward if her husband supports another party <laughs> so and the wife supports so another I'm party. I'm that guy. I think <laughs> I won't you not to be. <laughs> so your marriage is on the line. Yes, yeah. <laughs> wow. I am that guy. <laughs> yeah. It's different from children. Children, they can choose their, their own party, whatever party they want. They feel comfortable I would with. confuse uh, the life out of my yeah. children. On politics, on religion, <laughs> I would be... Yeah. I would argue I pretend I stand for everything. <laughs> no, because I think as much as you say that, that opposing arguments are very important. Yeah. You know, it's Im important to teach kids that even if you're in a relationship, a loving relationship, any kind of relationship, it's, it's, it's possible to, d to disagree mm. and it actually maybe is healthy, but on the right things, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So, um, money, let's talk money. Money, 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 <laughs> money. <laughs> money. And, and I mean, we see how, you know, as adults, I mean, Mbali and I are young adults, and it's really not that easy making good financial decisions. It's rough. No. Right? Rough, rough. <laughs> but it's also a, a habitual thing. It's yes. something, again, like I was saying, so much of who we are as adults is founded in our childhood. And so, mm. so many of my money values come from my observations around mm. how my parents um, spent their money, as well as uh, how they, they treated yes. money in relation <laughs> to me, you know? Yes. So, so what would what do you think would be very important values to impart to children with regards to money? What do you think is really compulsory for a child to know? I think a child should know how to save, hmm. use money wisely. As parents, we should teach our children like, if a child says, "I want this, I want that," you should tell them that we don't have money. If there is no money, there is no money. Mm. They should know that whatever they do, you have to work for money. You have to work to but have money. But what if there is money? If there is money, that is not their money. That's <laughs> the parents' money. Mm -hmm. oh. So they should learn that you have to work to give money. You can't just, if a child wants, today she wants a car, you buy a car. Tomorrow he wants a motorbike, you buy a motorbike. Everything, every. You give them everything, everything. They should learn how to work for their money. And then they should learn how to use it responsibly. Mm. Responsible. And they should learn how to save it. Mm. What are some of the ways in which you think parents are wasting? I think parents are wasting money on children, buying stuff which, is, which they don't use. Because you see it in the house, right? Yes. All day, but, every day. Yeah. You're yeah. able to observe that... Yeah. that, that that yeah. waste. You know, so I think yeah. you're the, the right person to comment. They buy, you know, they buy clothes and kids, they didn't wear those clothes. They just, they just keep piling, 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 going to the shops, buying toys. Mm. You find a room full of boxes with toys, which the child doesn't have time to go and play with that toy. But they'll go to the shops they buy. They buy chocolate. A child just bite it and throw it in a dustbin. Mm. Or they'll buy like 
ice cream. They come home and just put it there. It doesn't eat it. What is the point of buying stuff if the child is not going to use it? That's waste. To me, it's waste. So that waste you would rather save? Yes, you would rather save. Would you oh. open a bank account or what would you do? Yeah, I'll open a bank account for the child. But I'm not going to give the card to the child. I'm right. going to keep it. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to keep it Give until the child <laughs> is old enough to know how to use the money, how to use it responsible, mm. and how to save it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, a oh, really quick one. <laughs> what if your child did really well in school? And you, you had a lot of money, and your child did really well in school, and they asked you, please, mom, can I have a trip to, to Paris by myself with my friends? How would you feel about that? He's still at school. No, she's, no, no, it's uh, matric now. It's matric, okay. they've passed matric. Uh, okay. And they want to take a trip to Paris by themselves. <laughs> you know, I think if they can go to Paris, they can fly all by themselves. Means that they are old enough to pay for themselves. I don't have to pay for that. No, <laughs> that's no. interesting though. No. They that's have to a pay. really good yes. principle. If you're yeah. old enough to do it, then yes. you're old enough to earn it. Yeah, because <laughs> if I can't accompany them, it means that now they are old enough to do these things for themselves. So I'm not going to do that. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so um, just fairly quickly, we want to know uh, more about how you would socialize your kids. Say if you were a rich South African housewife, right? Yeah. So first of all, would you let your child visit friends in the township? Yes, I will. But I'll make sure that they are safe. Okay. Yes. And I would, I would like to know who they are visiting in the township. So what kind you, of people they are visiting. Why do you think that's important though? That's, that's, that's very important because you have to know the, the, your child that is, is safe Secure, there is no dangers waiting f to happen there. Oh no, what I meant is why, why do you think it's important to let your child go to, if, if you're uh, a rich housewife, to let your child okay. go to the town? Okay, that's very important because children should know that there is another life. People live different lives because now the child is exposed to this high life. He should know that there is another life where people don't have things like mm. what he gets at home. Mm. Yes. Mm. So it's about perspective. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that helps mm. them to be grateful, right, mm. for what they do have and not to think it's normal. Yeah, they should. Okay, should and do. then would you let your child date someone of a different race? Yeah, I will. It's their sure. choice. Oh, you so don't look yes, hey? It's their <laughs> choice. <laughs> yeah, you know, we don't... Mind you, actually... Mind how old are you? Can you tell them? <laughs> no, don't, don't be shy. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> it's this anti-aging stuff. I swear. <laughs> Just how old, tell us. I'm 52. 52 wow. years and, old. And, and I find so you more, more liberal. Yeah, more liberal than, so progressive. Than, than most of us younger ones. You know, we mustn't choose for our children who they have to laugh or what. That's their choice. Mm. Because if they choose to date this person and it's a different race. Mm. It's the child who's going to maybe they end up getting married. It's the child who's going to get married, not a parent. Mm. No, it's not a parent who's going to and get married. Wait, it's what, your child. What, it's, what if it's a different gender? It's their choice as well. <laughs> it's their choice. Parents should learn to leave their children live their lives. Mm. Not as a parent you want, oh, because I want my child to be married to a certain person like this or a certain race. No. It's their choice. As you, as a parent, you made your own choice to marry the child's father. Mm. No one dictated so, to you. you. Know, children are people, like you were saying. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, yeah. they're candidate adults. Yeah. They're people. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, essentially, parents are learning from their parents. So maybe they didn't even choose to marry <laughs> true, it the father. Sometimes. Who knows? That's true. Yeah. But I think yeah. that's definitely yeah. the right, the right but, attitude. Hmm. Uh, sure, like I said, it's so progressive, and I think a lot of people yeah. um, will be surprised. Yeah, and Bali, actually, you're extremely passionate about children. I know <laughs> that for sure. Do How you could you tell? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any particular takes that you just want to include in discussion? Sure, Tools, we've touched on a lot. Yeah. And I do have a lot to say, um, but we don't have all, all the time in the world. So I will say... 
that the one thing I always have and always will find more messed up than anything else is children's entertainment and toys. Yeah. It truly, truly blows my mind how we can be so shocked and so righteous about violence when we hand little boys toy guns pretty much <laughs> in their cradles. Do you agree, mm. Mandla? Yeah, I agree. So shocked. Mm, I agree. And it also blows my mind in the same token how as women we can condemn patriarchy mm. and discrimination, gender discrimination or prejudice when we buy tea sets and aprons for our little girls. And not for our little boys. And not for our little boys. You know, and these are, like I said, this is a whole discussion in and of itself, and I really want to have it. Mm. But these are our universal principles. And I am truly disturbed, truly, truly disturbed when I walk into a t- toy shop. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I could, I'm, I'm glad you guys agree with me, and I could, yeah, I could go on okay. and on about this. Yeah. Because yeah. for me, in principle, a toy gun and a real gun is the mm. same thing. It, yeah. is. it is. And they play games. You know, there is these video games they play. Mm. You, the shooting it, people shooting it. Yes. That's wrong. Because that thing, there is getting in their minds that, you know, they should shoot. They can shoot. They can mm. do It teaches what you a mindset. Yes. Right? It teaches you a combative yes. Yes. mindset. Yes. It, it, it teaches you an approach, mm. a certain approach to a problem. And we're saying, oh, just as long, here's, here's a gun. You can simulate, you can imitate the thing just as long as no one gets hurt. But it doesn't matter that you're doing the thing in the first place. But actually, there's a psychologist from um, America. Her name's Sherry Turkle. Mm. Um, and she, she does extensive research on virtual reality versus reality mm. and how, how this generation really struggles with the distinction between the two because they are exposed to very um, almost real-looking virtual spaces that look like the spaces where they walk through every single day so they really can't tell the difference because they as they're growing up they're still learning to differentiate what is reality and what isn't and so because they're so engrossed in virtual reality that the things that they do in virtual reality sometimes they they impress it so they on reality because they, they literally can't tell the difference i think mm. they do mm. and i think look it's a character thing but i think when a lot of psychopaths a lot of murders and a lot of terrorists snap mm. you know it has its roots in that sort of thing and in, 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 in how they were socialized mm-hmm. and the things that they did in childhood. Yes. You know, they never, they never ever leave you. Um, and it's incredibly, incredibly disturbing to think about. Mm-hmm. And in what world, guys, you tell me, in what world is shooting people, pretending to kill people, in what world is that fun? No, it's not fun. Yeah. It's not fun at all. For some reason, it's the most normal thing in the world. Mm. It's true. And we don't see the irony. When we watch the news and it happens in real life, we don't see the irony. Mm. Also, have you watched a cartoon recently? Any cartoon? Not really. (laughs) Do you know? (laughs) No, but do you know how much ideology, how much dogma and indoctrination they're loaded with? How many ideas and principles? Not to mention unnecessary violence Mm. like we've just mentioned and after all these things are written and produced by adults nostalgic adults Mm. and it's actually a little bit sociopathic if you think about that if you think about adults creating content for kids and that kind of content obviously you know if an adult creates content for kids ideas are gonna ideas are gonna uh, are gonna creep in but it's fine, right? Because it's just cartoons, man. <laughs> and it's just toys, man. And it's just children. Just lighten up. Gosh. No, wrong, wrong. <laughs> but it's going to stick in their minds exactly. until they're adults. Absolutely. Exactly. It's yeah. ideology, it's values, mm. and it's future adult mm. generations. Mm. That's what it is. Mm. And there's nothing just on J about it. If you want to see into the future of our species, put down your newspaper for a second. Pick up a toy, play a video game, watch a children's show. Anyway, enough said. Uh, amazing, amazing discussion. <laughs> wow. I think it's a wrap though. Tools, do you have any last words? I'd just like to really thank Susanna Mandler for being the eyes and ears, you know, that we can't be. <laughs> I mean, you know, also as young women that are um, possibly going to have families of yeah, our own. No, it's extraordinary. It's, 
Absolutely. I think you're you such an asset. I really yes. hope that I have somebody, I have the privilege of co-parenting with somebody like you one day. Yes, oh, and that's gosh. the perfect and word to use. You're going to make me cry. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. No, it's absolutely true. Uh, thank, thank you so much. <laughs> and we, we have mad respect for you. And thank you all, guys, for joining us. Uh, thank you to my beautiful co-host, thank you Lisa so Cindy. Thank you for listening. Such an inspiration, <laughs> such an asset to any conversation. And... Um, yeah, we'll catch you guys later. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.